0: Preseason award lists are out right now. We have one Jamie Robinson on the All American list, and then we also have several players on the All AC list made by Phil Steele. All that and more on today's edition of Locked On Seminoles. Let's go. You are
1: Locked On Seminoles, your
0: daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Lock on Seminoles brought to you by rockauto.com, the family reliable source for all your car auto parts. As always, I is myself hosting with Dave. And Dave, how are you doing today, Playboy?
1: Doing great. I'm in New York where it's 30 degrees colder than it is in Florida. Wow, I saw that.
0: You really did predict the future, but always, folks, this is not a weather podcast. This is your number one source, yeah, your I'm first right. listen each and every single day for all Florida State Seminole sports-related action. And today, we're talking about some FSU football. Dave, did you see the uh, preseason All-American list that came out today?
1: I saw one Jamie Robinson on it.
0: Yes, folks, that's right. Jamie Robinson laying on the preseason All-America list. And that's something that, quite honestly, after the year he had last year, are you surprised at all by that, Dave?
1: Uh, yes and no. Um, yes. In the sense that I'm surprised based on our performance, that they even bothered to put a Florida state player on the list. Like I could totally have seen them having that attitude. And a lot of us, us Florida state fans seem to think the media has a bias against us. They do. Um, I could just see them being like, yeah, they suck. They, it, there's no one on that team. That's so remarkable that they should be on an all American list. But Jamie, Ro- Jamie Robinson absolutely played himself into being all American worthy. He was Arguably the best player on the defense. He was definitely the best player in the second.
0: Besides Jermaine Johnson,
1: I said arguably, arguably right. But he was definitely the best player in the secondary, and I expect him to be the best player on our defense overall this year. So I think it's worthy. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think it's worth it too, and it's also uh, because I was of the belief that he potentially might have gotten maybe a late round draft pick if he had actually went into the draft, and him actually coming back is definitely going to be boosting his stock and we're definitely gonna be seeing him on a lot more award with award lists Ugh, it's, been, it's a friday folks award lists coming soon but let's look more to the all acc because we actually have yeah. several uh players on there for some representation actually and i kind of want to li- list them off real quick obviously ja- jamie robinson was first team all acc then we have alex mastramano the thunder from down under our punter as a second team punter and then we have on the third team dylan gibbons and Micah Pittman as a wide receiver. And then to round it out on the fourth team, we have Robert Cooper and Cam McDonald. Now, Dave, are any of those surprising to you, or is there something that you just feel are in the right spot?
1: Yeah, uh, the one that jumped out to me surprise-wise was Micah Pittman. Um Yeah, look, I think Micah Pittman could absolutely, when we get to the end of the year, look back and say he was one of the best punt returners in the ACC. Um, if he's if if that was intended to be at the wide receiver position, that means things have gone really right for us this year. Like if he's going to be the breakout at, at the receiver position, which I don't think we're relying on or expecting necessarily, then that's going to open up the passing game an awful lot. And I'm going to, I'm going to feel probably better looking back at the end of the season than I did looking forward right now. Um, none of the others really surprised me. I mean, I, the, I know some people are probably surprised by Mastermano. I love the way that dude punts. I Just b- kicking with both legs. Kid has power. I'm telling you, he's going to be one of the best punters at Florida State in a long time, and I'd love to see it. I think he's
0: someone that has a very low floor but an extremely high ceiling. I'm talking about Mastermano, by the way, when it comes to basically, because I do like the certain, I do like how he's ambidextrous with his feet. Yep. It's just, it's really, I just don't like how, you know, he rolls out to the left, rolls out to the right to punt anything. But then it's also, that's kind of the football that he, Grew up with so overall, I mean, I do things when taking another step forward. And if he's anything like, like Lou Headley, the uh the punter of Miami, I mean, that dude's got a boot too. I mean, that was like thirty five and probably already has an ARP card going on right now. Right. But to one of the biggest surprises to me, though, honestly, was were you shocked to not see Fabian Love at all mentioned at all period? I know like Brian burzee and Miles Murphy from Clemson, obviously were I think first team. Corey Duran was second team. So, like, are you surprised
1: that he's not even on the third or the fourth team? That's more than surprising. That's shocking. He had no business, in my opinion, returning to Florida State for this year. Um, should have gone to the draft. I think he would have been drafted, and I think he'd be making some money right now. Um, he's going to be in contention for one of the best players on our defense this year. He is, in my opinion, the best player at the best position group on our team this year. Um, more on that later. And yeah, just, that's that's confusing to me. I don't think Corey Durden is better than Fabian Lovett. Um, I certainly could be, but career career. I I, I like where Fabian I will say lot, last last year up.
0: last year statistically, watching him, he he was back to the Corey Durden that you know you and I saw with Marvin Wilson. I think he, in years one, year two,
1: I think he was helped by Marvin Wilson an awful lot. But arguably, Fabian Lovett could have been helped by like Jermaine Johnson on the edge, for example. But again, that's a fair point. I, I I like Fabian Lovett as. Uh, no late, no worse than third team, all ACC. I, I just think that's ridiculous. And that's probably feeding off that bias of eh, it's Florida state. I mean, it's their defense was all right, but it really wasn't all right. It was the better part of our team.
0: It was the better part of our team. It's also a part of our team that kind of grew uh, after the Louisville game or actually after the second half of the Louisville game, where yep. <laughs> we saw us, I think towards the end of the season, actually we have a kind of a quality respectable defense and yep. it's what a lot of people think heading into this year that we could potentially have a top 40 defense. And that will be honestly be pretty stoked to see something we had, we haven't had in a very long time. And now before we go to break, Dave, I do want to ask you one question. I'm going to put you in the spot here. Aside from Fabian Lovett, who is one player that's not named currently that I provide to you at, on the all ACC list that has the opportunity to end up on a second team, all, uh,
1: all ACC list that was not on the list. Yes, that was not on the list. You know, this is going to be a weird answer for me. I, it's not Jordan Travis uh, only because the ACC is just so ridiculous. Like I forgot who it was that posted that like quarterback ranking list of all the FBS quarter or all the, uh, hey, hey. I, hey, listen, listen, that's a big
0: game boomer. And big game boomer actually did say that we are the best FSU podcast out there. So no shade yeah. of big game boomer here. Come on. No,
1: no shade at all. But if you look at their list, look at the ACC quarterbacks. It's like four of the top 12, like, all oh, you you're, t- you're
0: talking about Mike Farrell's list for rivals oh, in the okay. top 10 yeah. when uh, Warfield Dracovic was 12. Yeah.
1: Yes, right. That that list. So, I don't think Jordan drivers is going to I mean, he would have to play so so ridiculously better than he ever has at Florida State to to be one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the ACC. I if he does, we're going to be winning 10 games. Uh but I, I have a weird answer. Trey Benson. Um I,
0: I dare you took my answer. You, you I, I,
1: I've wanted to be wrong about him from day one. I was pissed we used the scholarship on that when we had bigger positions of need, I thought. Um, Everything we've seen out of that kid, man, just nothing but positive reports. He's probably going to end up being the most productive running back on this team and possibly one of the more productive running backs in the ACC.
0: I hate you so much for taking that answer. Now I got to take a few seconds to think about my, another one, but I probably am going to go with Robert Scott because I think Robert yeah. Scott showcased, I think he was always C freshman his first year. And then last year, he, I think he started off slightly injured, a little bit wobbly. And now he's got a full offseason to recuperate, recover. And also we he's got help along the line. Now we have Demetri Manuel coming in. We also have Bless Harris too coming in as well. I think Darius Washington is also finally fully healthy. And then Maurice Smith is going to be someone that's on the sidelines just in case. So I think Robert Scott overall, because I think the offensive line has been much maligned for a long, a long, very time. And honestly, it's been rightfully so that it's actually going to take a huge step forward. And I think Robert Scott is going to be able to play himself into a draftability because I think Robert Scott has the potential
1: to be a, a second or third round pick probably heading in the NFL. Yeah. And good. And one more piece of good news is that you could have chosen right there. Any one of about a half dozen defensive backs um, our DBs. There's They're a lot so of kids. Can- <laughs> well, and, there's a lot of candidates for players at the end of the year who at the beginning of the season, you thought, damn, they could be good, but I'm just not sure. And that's why they didn't make a list. And that at the end of the year, you look back and you were like, who the hell didn't put them on a third team, all ACC even, you know? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of breakout candidates in that defensive backfield.
0: There is a lot of breakout candidates in the defensive backfield. and You know, it's also a breakout candidate actually overall, Dave. What's that, Drake? Basically, you can go over the ACC conference. I'll see who's going to win the conference overall at battleline.net. Get fast is an easiest way for our latest sports action. Dave, I'm going to give you several teams and you're going to tell, you, going to tell me whether or not there's a value in that play or whether things would be possible to get your money back. Let's get it. okay? Yep. As always, folks, this is the Fade Day segment of the program, so whatever yes. your day picks, you go the opposite direction. Yep. Yep. So NC State mind. at plus 700, would you take that for value? Not high enough. How high would it be for you to take that? 1,500. 1,500. Okay. How about this, Dave? Let's go with Florida State at plus 2,800.
1: <laughs> you got to times that by 10.
0: You got times that by 10. Unless All Jordan right. Travis
1: is the best no. quarterback in the ACC, you got to times that by 10 right now. Just right now. That'll just right mean, now. Just change. for right
0: now. And lastly, your favorite team ever, the University of no. Coral Gables at no. plus 500.
1: No, no, it needs to be 50,000. Tyler Van Dyke is going to be exposed as the worst quarterback in the in the Coastal Division this year. Just watch.
0: Okay, but realistically, for value play, if you're actually making money, you're same value play. No, I'm saying like, what would you have to be taking at? like, legitimately speaking? Because you are the same person that bet against FSU every damn time in the
1: second and no, first year. I know. It, you got it, plus the plus a thousand at least. It's got to be double that for me. 500 not nearly enough to get me excited.
0: Okay, you know what? That's fair. I mean, Miami has a very easy role in the coastal, but they still got to play one at Clemson and State and. Quite arguably, honestly, they're better teams than Miami right now at this point, and also with a long tenure head coaches at both. So overall, yep. folks, head on over to betonline.net. Fade Dave if you must, fade Dave if you can, and as always use promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, folks, welcome back on today's episode of Locked On Seminoles. As always, we thank you guys so much for your love and support each and every single day, and making us your first listen. And as always, folks, don't forget five-star reviews, either our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or you get your podcast from. And also we're on YouTube, hit the like button down below, hit the subscribe button at the tippy top, and also ding the little bell so you know when new content drops immediately the moment it drops. And now, you Dave, mm-hmm. I'm going to hand the ball off to you because this is kind of your segment. I kind of want to let you know, take the folks to uh, where you want to go.
1: Okay, right. So, Drake, uh, I want to talk about who you believe, one, will be the best position group overall this year, offense or defense, either one. And then after that, I want to talk, what do you think will be the most surprising unit at the end of the year looking back based on what we know and believe right now? Start with the first one. What is going to be the best position group for Florida State this year?
0: I think the best position group for Florida State this year, this is tough because I think I'm looking more towards the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. And I... I really, really, really want to say wide receivers, but that might be for the other part of the question. But So I'm going to go with running backs mainly because I have you and I probably together were like, why did we take Trent Benson? Because we saw the yep. knee injury. We saw the lack the lack of, I guess, production over at Oregon too. And he's, you know, you, 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 you're a little more wary when you see a running back with a knee injury, but then yep. you see the spring game. You hear practices. Also you see the size of the kid. The man's like a damn built up bowling ball. Like he is a strong running back. And that's something that we haven't had in a very long time. We haven't had that, you know, since Cam, and that was what four years ago, three years ago. And yep. that's something that we've seen running backs in Mike Neville's offense, you know, eat and flourish. Whether it be Cam not uh, not Cam, sorry. Whether it be J. Sean Corbin, you know, the past two seasons. Whether it be Antonio Gibson, Tony Pollard, Daryl Henderson over at Memphis. So overall, like to me, I think it's going to be primarily that because also Alex Atkins is now the OC, and Alex Atkins was the run game coordinator at Charlotte his one season over there as the offensive coordinator. So you're going to see a lot more diverse, fun packages for running the ball, and it's also going to be a lot more openings for them to run through. And to me, honestly, personally, I think the running backs are going to take another leap forward this year after, after they've been doing that the past two seasons.
1: Yeah, man, there's such a limb I could go out on here because if you recall the last two years we've done this, and I think I've had the same answer both years, and I think I've been dead wrong. Don't check me on that, but I'm going to do it again. You've been dead, dead wrong gonna, both times. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, my my best is going to be part of the surprise, but there'll be a different surprise unit. My best unit is going to be the defensive backs. There is more potential, I think, at that position than there is at any other on this defense. The defense got better as the year went on last year, which is an encouraging sign to me that Adam Fuller and the staff are getting through to these guys. Hopefully, um, what they're what they're looking to get in to get through to is arguably the most talented defensive back. Backfield in the ACC or in the Atlantic, at least one of them. One of them, um, just I mean, just look at the names. I'm going to do the name syndrome thing, man. We got Jamie Robinson, we got Akeem Dent, Omarion Cooper, Kevin Knowles. You got freshmen like Sam McCall, um, Mm -hmm. and Azaria Thomas. You have Damore Tate, you have Renardo Green. That's just there's so many names there, and that I'm not going to tell you, you know, who's going to be the best, uh, although it will be Jamie Robinson, or who's going to be the three best. But I will tell you that there's so many names in there, so many people who, so many players who flashed at times throughout their career, that I just this this has to be the money year, man. I mean, we've said it we said the same thing last year, but at some point, push is going to come to shove. It's either going to be that these players, their talent, is going to meet the road, or they're going to meet the road.
0: No, and I can also get behind that. I agree with that, and I think that with the name syndrome thing. I mean, I think in sports when you have a big name at a position that you know you actually really care about on your team obviously going to get gravitated more towards that name. I think yep. it's more that we attach these sort of expectations to names that haven't played yet. Like, as much as you know, we love Sam McCall and Azaria Thomas. They haven't played a snap Power 5 football yet. So maybe we eas- We know their potential is sky high. I think we just need to be a little more careful to understand that there's going to be a lot of growing pains last year, like we saw with a Kevin Knowles. We saw with Amarion Cooper. We saw with Jarvis Brownlee his first year before he departed Louisville. So overall, like, to me, I like the names a lot. It's a really good roster defensive backs, and I think they're going to be tops in ACC. But also, we need to understand that just because the big names doesn't mean they always pan out. And that's why we have the names to copyright trade by uh, Dr. Max Moody over there.
1: What is the most, what is going to be looking back at the end of the year, the most surprising unit on this team, given what we know and think now?
0: I think the most surprising unit on this team is probably honestly going to be the offensive line. And I was debating between picking them and picking the wide receivers, but I didn't pick the wide receivers because I think we expect them to be better because they sure as hell can't be worse. And with the offensive line, I think we, we still expect them to be, you know, slightly below average, I think around or, or, or average Ish. to me, I honestly think that could be top three in the ACC actually overall, you see Boston college right now, they have lost their entire starting offensive line from last year after they lost. I want to say they're one of their top players or potential, you know, first day pick and, Toward Terry's ACL today, so that's gone, and then you have Clemson, whose offensive line isn't really that great, no, actually. It's, not. it's really <laughs> not so. Uh, overall, like who are you actually scared of offensive line wise? And this offensive line has continuity with Alex Atkins in year three, and they've also added impact transfers in Dimitri Manuel and Bless Harris. So to me, they have depth, they've added over 4,000 pounds of players. <laughs> To that offensive line, we went, we have doubled the depth on that in that unit as a whole,
1: a lot of person,
0: a lot of person, a lot of boys, a lot of big dudes. So to me, the offensive line, I think is going to take even a further step from the past season. And quite honestly, I think they're going
1: to be an above average
0: offensive line. And I think they're actually going to give Jordan Travis some much needed time heading into the season.
1: Yeah, I think Atkins has his most talented and definitely the most potential of all the offensive lines he's had since he's been here. So definitely will be interesting to see with him taking some O.C. duties, whether the trajectory of the offensive line continues from what he's done with it thus far for me. And I cannot believe I'm saying this. You're going to say linebackers? It's going to be the linebackers, man. And I say that because they can't get worse. They can only get better. They added a player in Tatum Bethune, who I think is probably going to be our best linebacker. So you immediately added our best player at the position. That said, you still have Kalen Deloach. You still have DJ Lundy. You still have Amari Gaynor and Steven Dix. And you have Omar Graham coming in. I I just... It can't not be the linebackers. If they don't surprise us this year, I don't know. I don't know that we'll ever be able to care about that position again un, un, until we just have three five stars starting at the position. Because the, the the linebacker room got better in the off season, even if we only counted Tatum Bethune, the linebacker position got markedly better.
0: No, I can agree. I can also agree behind that. And I think the only concern I think we have is I think Omar Graham being the only linebacker that uh, yeah. we brought in. But I do actually trust Ryan. Ryan Shan can not recruit. But I do expect him to be actually a better linebacker coach, yep. which I think is the main reason why he was a, a became the co DC. Because in my personal opinion, when it comes down to Fuller, if you're a defensive coordinator and then you're demoted to a co with somebody else, that means that basically maybe somebody else was kind of doing your job last season. But folks, you like you like doing the job for yourself when it comes to your car. Our tiles want to say is RockAuto.com, and Dave, you're you're a big car guy, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I liked working on cars when I was a kid with my grandpa. It was a lot of fun. Oh, what was the last thing you changed you change to fix in your car? Uh,
1: catalytic converter.
0: Folks, I'm going to pretend to know what that is, but folks, if you need a catalytic converter, or if you're like myself, you need new seat belts, or if you need new upholstery because you spill your coffee all the time in your car because you're always running late to work, folks, I am not, I'm joking, I'm joking about that. I am not late to work all the time, boss. But folks, head over to rockout.com so where you can go and not spend 30, 50, or 100% even more on your on the same part you get on a chain store or our dealership. Folks, head over to rockout.com. Use promo code LOCKED LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, in your how did you here but section so they know that we sent you. The main selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now, Dave, the floor is yours. Take us and the folks home today.
1: Okay, Drake. You know what I'm about to ask. You have no idea what you're about to talk about, but I will tell you.
0: That's how you know our season,
1: folks. You're going <laughs> to tell me, Drake, what needs to happen at the receiver position at the offensive line position and at the running back position this year for Jordan Travis to be a 3000 yard passer. What do you need to see?
0: I need to see Calvin Johnson transfer in. Uh, I need to see Walter Jones come back in as left tackle. I also need, I'm joking. I think for the offensive line, I think they need to be fully healthy the entire season. And I mean, like maybe at most they miss one to two, maybe three snaps for during a series, but, we haven't. Out, it's really difficult to, to do that. And Max has always pointed out where even the best teams, their offensive lines do miss a game or two, whether it be one yep. of their players, but they always have someone backing up. So I think for us, for him to have three thousand yards, yep. I think awesome. the offensive line needs to stay
1: healthy for the full season. Now, now, at the receiver position, the answer could be as specific as like we need a thousand yard receiver and we need another seven hundred yard receiver, or it you know it could just be we have four guys that we can count on that aren't hurt. What do you think?
0: I need to see Malik McLean take the next step that we, we know that he can do.
1: That's my answer. Too, I, yeah. Cause like
0: as much as I want to say, you know, Oh, I need so-and-so to have a thousand yards or I need another one to have five TDs, I honestly think that if Malik McLean takes that next step, and then we all think that he can do that, this actually opens up a world of possibilities for this offense, because we've seen Mike Neville when he has a, a stud wide receiver, whether it be a DeMonte Coxie or a Calvin Austin over a Memphis, that he's able to spread the ball more around, yep. and also if, a, uh, if you have an elite Malik McLean, and you pair him up with a healthy, you know, maybe probably by game two or game three, Winston Wright Jr., and also with Micah Pittman in that Debo Samuel role going in and out on all these motion sweeps, and then you have a player like Keishon Heldon and Ontario Wilson being your third option, sorry your fourth option, that just elite just gives you much more comfortability with throwing the ball, and if Malik McLean's able to fix the drops. And he was our one of our best receivers last year in main um, coverage. I think he had a uh, 75% success, success rate, but he also had like a 40% drop rate. So if he was able to fix that. That's going to be huge for our offense. And then I'm going to add one to that. At, I need to see Cam McDonald do more than block. And I think Cam McDonald take another step forward as a true pass catcher and probably maybe accounting for maybe four to five touchdowns. That will definitely open up the offense even more too.
1: Yeah, and Malik McLean was my answer too. And the reason being, I see him having – Tomorian Terry type potential. Uh, they're both six four. They're they're around the same build. And if you recall, 2018 as a freshman, Tomorian Terry had only 35 catches for 744 yards. And then the next year, he blew up, 60 catches, almost 1200 yards. You give Jordan Travis a Tomorian Terry last year, and necessarily he's going to be a better passer when Tomorian Terry was healthy. Obviously, 2020 wasn't what people expected. He was hurt a lot of the year, but. You get, you put a receiver of that quality. It is going to make any quarterback better. If he's going to get to 3000 yards, I agree with you. I I think Malik McLean needs to have that thousand yard breakout type season. If it's not going to be him, it's gotta be Johnny Wilson. Um, I don't know that I expect that to happen that quickly. Um, Especially the familiarity with Jordan Travis, like McLean and him have had that rapport together for long enough. Now I think that's viable. Um, I don't know who can serve in that type of role, like that Auden Tate, Tamori Terry type season if it's not Malik McLean. So that scares me. But uh, yeah, it's, it's got to be that. And then you got to have a third d- down to a third receiver that you can count on. Like it can't just be a one receiver thing or you're going to see us running the ball an awful lot on third and 11. Right. And yeah, we've seen plenty of that.
0: And that's honestly been the Achilles heel for this team for the past few seasons is basically being in those second and nines, third and sevens. And that's something that as a strong offensive team, when it comes to your running backs, that's where you don't want to be because now you're forced to pass the ball. And also when you have the receivers like we did last year, I mean, I think Andrew Parchman, I mean, I was a fan of him when he came in. But when he left the school, I want to say he was the bottom 30, bottom 40 out of 529 qualified receivers when it came to reception rate. Which is something you typically don't want to do. You think Mark Navel will coordinate an offense where you see Jordan Travis passing? You know enough for that to happen because I think a lot, a lot of the games last year, I think he averaged like what, 23, 24 attempts. Yeah. And he only broke the 200, 200 yard mark. I think the fourth to last game, and that's when kind of we started, you know, get the ball rolling a little bit because I mean, three thousand yard a season. That's only That's averaging two hundred fifty yards a game, and that's not the craziest not thing to much. ask for when you're, especially in a Power Five conference. Like, do you think that? Norvell's going to be able to, I guess, coordinate an offense to permit him to kind of let loose like that.
1: Well, I will say this before, before I answer that, I don't want to be hypocritical because I'm the first person to say, it's really tough to compare what you've done at like a G5 program at Memphis to what you could or should do at Florida state. But he did show that he will adapt his scheme to the personnel he has. Um, What the hell was that quarterback? White, Uh, Brady white, Brady white. Like, he got the most out of Brady white that I think almost any human being on earth could have gotten out of Brady white and Jordan's better quarterback than Brady white, (laughs) much better quarterback. So what I would say to that is if you have if Trey Benson or someone at the running back position is reliable, such that you have to fear that they're not going to be, the defenses won't be stacking the box as much. It'll open up passing lanes. And if we have a receiver stepped up, like we talked about and the blocking stays healthy. um, Yeah, I think, I think Mike Norvell is aware enough of what he needs to do this year that he has to adapt to whatever we can possibly do best and whatever gives us the best chance to win, not just pigeonholing in, oh, this recruiting service said we have a pro style passer, so we need to be a pro style team. Like, you know, like I, I have to think he's going to see this is working. This is what I need to be doing. And if that means passing more, be- either because the running game is effective or because Jordan Travis and the receivers got it going. I think he's going to do just that.
0: I think so, too, because I think everyone understands that this is probably Mike Norvell's you know, do-or-die year because it is year three. Well, we understand that Taggart's contract comes off the books for next season. Um, and it, a lot of people have been saying that he hasn't been able to run his own offense. I think it's coming to the point now where, I mean, I don't, you might not have a chance to run your own offense if we're being completely honest here. And I think we're all the same, a belief that this is most likely Jordan Travis' last season here. And whether it be AJ Duffy starting next season, or if Chris Parsons stays committed, he might start near next year, but Lord knows how that recruitment's is going to go down. But folks, we'll discuss that more on Monday on our, our mandatory mailbag Monday. And folks, thank you all so much for the love and support. And let me get locked on symbols. Your first listen each and every single day, but we're not only on here also head out to the Locked On network where they have the locked on ultimate NBA draft. And Dave let the folks know what they got to do when it comes to
1: YouTube. Oh no. Why do you, why are you doing this? All right. So subscribe to the channel. That's good. Um, ding the little bell uh what are you clicking the, there's a banner up there somewhere you got to ding the little bell so it'll tell you when the episode drops you'll know right away you'll get to watch these beautiful faces i never remember the third thing and that's why jake tells you and hit the subscribe
0: button so you know the follower count keeps going higher and always share it with your friends and as always folks we just dropped the locked on lsu crossover we have with caroline fenton and where myself max and caroline discussed basically coach ogeron's you know time at lsu Brian Kelly, you know, evolving into Bayou Brian with the weird accent, and as always, folks, we are going to be having more like Locked On Louisville. Will be coming on in, a, in the following weeks, as well as Cam Lemons the from Wake Forest, and so much more on the horizon. Because we get to lose every single day, each and every single day, because of y'all, y'all's love and support, and me, Dave, and Max, Holly, and Stacy, having a blast. But until next time, folks, we will see y'all on Locked On Seminars. Take care, everybody.
1: Oh no.